All right, so uh, we're here with Dean Pappas. So Dean, so first question, why have you decided to run this time? This time or in general, I, I feel it's better to have a, uh, a seat at the table, have someone there who represents the needs and the wants of the community. And I work every day in the middle of the ward. I understand the arts scene in yeah. the middle of the ward. I've employed artists my whole life. I went to Queen Mary and PCBS and Trent University. I have a long history with the ward. Uh, before I ran, one of the knocks on council was that town ward had a revolving door of councillors. There seemed to be somebody new every year or two, and I felt it really needed some stability. That's one of the reasons I originally ran. And as is apparent, my ward mate is running for, for mayor. So again, there'll be another. So this will be my hopefully with the goodwill and the uh, and the grace and the honor of, of my uh, constituents. Hopefully, I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be reelected, but this would be my fourth term with four different ward mates. Okay, well, uh, so that's sure. There's many other reasons, but that is also one of the reasons is that we need some stability. And a couple of councils ago, as you probably know, uh, there was there was a real conservative shift to council, and I, I felt like I was left almost virtually alone as me and another councillor on the left side of the political spectrum. And last council, we seemed to elect a couple more of the progressives and hopefully this council it's going to swing a little bit more balanced. Uh, I'd like to see that as well. I think it'd be part great. of that. Great. And what issues do you think will emerge during the campaign? I realize, you know, we're we're in early days yet. You haven't started knocking on doors, but what issues do you think will come up? I think the transportation master plan is going to be a critical issue because as you know, I've always been against the uh, the parkway. I feel it's you know, for many reasons, I don't know where to begin. I we only have ten minutes, but I could go on for twenty minutes or an hour. But why? That is from the cost to the environmental uh, side of it to the to the actual need of it. To do we implement other options that lessen traffic? Because I understand you have to move traffic, but there's smart there's smarter ways to do it. I feel as well. So I think that'll be one of the issues. I think PDI is another big issue. Which uh, which will which will spring up? Apparently, it's not dead. Uh, I thought it was, and even the parkway isn't dead. So it's the study we passed when, when I asked staff. They said these are the four studies we need to do an environmental test. So this is the backing on work that we need to do. And so the and the parkway isn't dead. And in any case, so I so those are some of the reasons and. One of the kind of, those are kind of the more governance issues that have the bigger, higher level issues. But I've been getting a lot of people who are concerned about the property standards bylaw. And we have a draft property standards bylaw due to come forward, but I'm, I'm hesitant to have staff bring that forward until after the election because I don't feel there's been proper public consultation on the draft. So I think that is a kind of a street level service delivery issue that's going to kind of affect how we operate our city. A couple of councils ago, uh, sorry, a couple of years ago, we had the, the uh, boarding house bylaw. Came forward with a very similar process and now that is working fine because, pe because we need affordable places for people to live. But we want them safe, you know, we don't want fires, we want them. So now if you have a boarding house, you need a uh, building inspection, a fire inspection, a health inspection and commercial insurance. So that came out of that process. I'm hoping to evolve our property standards bylaw in a very similar way on how that comes forward. And I think smart growth and you know greening up, I think parks and greening up of town ward is critical. We're one of the only areas in the city that's, that's not 
you can't, it's harder to build a new park in town work, it's landlocked. Whereas the other ones, whenever you gain land, you're on the edge of the city, it's easier to kind of get land for that. So I think those are a couple of the kind of down, you know, street level issues that we need to address, along with the ongoing issues around poverty, people who are d d disenfranchised, our 1% vacancy rate. I think those are all things that need to be uh, addressed. How big will the official plan review be in this next term of council? I think the official plan review has been coming. One of the reasons I ran initially in 2006 was for the downtown master plan. There hadn't been one in probably about 12 years at, at that point. And now our official plan review is probably 10 years past due. It was due 10 years ago, almost. almost. Right. It was almost due a decade ago. So I think getting, and in some ways, it's going to work out that it's, it's, it's been delayed because I, I feel we're out of that 1950 style of thinking at City Hall. I think there's been enough staff move, uh, kind of change over. Mm -hmm. This council, this present council has changed uh, a bit too with its, uh, it's moved a little more to the progressive side. So I think some of those new ideals on how Peterborough should grow, uh, you know, 50% of all new growth has to be in the built up areas. I was pushing for 55 off the hop, but 50 seems to be where council went with it. And then we'll go to 55 and then 60. So intensification, I think is is one of the biggest things we can do as a city. Greenest building built is the one that's already built, right? You just you just find a creative, adaptive reuse for a current built structure, and it's the greenest building out there because that building's already paid its carbon footprint. It's, it's done, right? So, you know, the water's already there, the sewers already there, the sidewalks already there. You know, the building materials going into the building don't have to be forested or mined or whatever it is to to do. So that. So that is sustainable and it's the better way for growth. So I think those are some of the big things that come Great, thanks very much. Now- Do I take up all your time? No, 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 no. <laughs> now for, the ca for campaigning itself, you know, you and I both remember the time before, long before the digital world where the campaigning was all at the door. That's where you met the people, that's where you formed the relationships, that's where they got to ask questions, you know, there's a certain tradition to that. And I don't knock that, you know, I know you've knocked on lots of, lots of doors. Do. <laughs> but uh, now we have this new thing called social media. How has that changed the game? Interesting you bring it up. In 2006 when I ran, there's I still have the news clipping. I was, and I, I don't know if anybody else was doing it, but I, there was a news story about a website for counselors. Right. And, I, and there's a news story about how this is gonna change. And that's only 2006, where uh, counselors starting having, counselors started having their own websites right. on, on, uh, on, during the campaign period. So that's only 12 years ago. That, that started now when you look at the social media it's it's blown up you know there's thousands of followers who who get all their news online or all their news from the phone I, I think one of the things you're seeing the fall of the traditional media especially on cable television I think too right is and some in the large forms on the, on the print media side you see newspapers folding as well radio seems to be holding its own but maybe it's that kind of medium but uh, people are getting their news on their phones they're like I, you know, my phone just beeped here. I got I got a news bulletin on something, <laughs> right? You know, because I have I hooked up my phone to all the news bulletins, so I see what's what's going on. So, I think the technology is there. Uh, you need you need to embrace it. You need to be part of it. And 
uh, as you know too, I've retweeted your stuff for this for this uh, program and for your Thursday night meetings as well. You know, you have to like I've been an active member of the social media scene as far as Twitter goes already, and I, so I think you have to be part of all that. Okay, now do you think in this election coming, are we at the point, particularly with the surge in online voting? I've heard discussion to the effect that what we're what we may see in this municipal election is people is being able to vote online and the adva- the online voting starting October 9th is we may see campaign teams and candidates going door to door with in this election with online voting coming about coming on stream and more and more people voting online will we see candidates and their teams going door to door with laptops and tablets and when people uh, asking people, have you voted yet? yet? No. I said, well, do you want to vote now? And they can do it right on the spot. Are we going to see that? You know what? I'm of mixed emotions around that, to be honest with you, because I think you're cajoling the vote. I think that's going a little too far, to be honest with you. Yeah. Can you. Can you imagine the candidate standing there with his tablet saying, here, vote for me? That's almost stuff in the ballot box. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm fine with the online voting. I'm not against it, but I think people need to do it on their own. I think candidates going around and cajoling votes on tablets is almost past the line it's almost undemocratic because you're forcing because you would force someone to to vote for you that way because one of the tenets of our democracy is that when you vote either online or at a voter's booth you have the dignity and the privacy to cast your ballot your secret ballot alone and i think uh and, and and i think Having a, a candidate with a tablet in your face removes that dignity and that uh, of a democracy, right? I think, I think that's totally against democracy. To me, anyways, I just I get my back up when I hear that because that's more like an intimidation factor. I could see people if you start allowing that, then you're going to get. And listen, I'm not doing it, so <laughs> I think you're going to get the more bullies out there who might bully someone into a vote or say you pick up a guy who's disenfranchised he says oh yeah just vote for me you're, you're almost going around picking up votes right it's stuff in ballot box i think that's to me i find that prickly <laughs> i guess is the word i don't know or undemocratic i, I guess it's undemocratic. i don't know i'm not qualified to call it undemocratic or not but i just think as long as people have the sanctity of a voter's booth or the privacy of their computer that's it's one of the big parts of our democracy. Uh, I'll, can I tell you a story <laughs> while I have you on the air? Sure, sure. My father, uh, my father grew up in occupied Europe, as, as you may or may not know, and so my mother. And, and my father was kidnapped by, by communists and sent to a re-education camp. But they had elections. They had a guy standing there with a gun, and there was a blue bullet and a red bullet, and you had to vote. And if you voted the wrong way, you were going to get one of the bullets, <laughs> right? So that's the intimidation part of, of democracy that maybe I take it more personally because it happened to my parents that they were that they were forced at gunpoint one way to vote one way or another at, at one time. So I like the sanctity of the privacy of the voters' booth. So I think going around with tablets is, is against that. I don't know if that makes sense to you no, or not. No, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So uh, last question, in a way for candidates, it's one of the most important ones. What are the secrets, and, and let me frame this, when, I, when uh, you and I ran in 2014 and, and you got in again for your third time, what, what were some of the things you learned about getting out the vote? I mean, we had 47% of Peter Boreins uh, bothered to vote. Uh, that was up 3% from 2010. 
how do you get people to turn out to vote? Well, that's the golden question, as always, right? And and you do all the things you can. You got to canvas. You got to get the social media word out. You've got to get the signs up. You've got to, and a large part of this too is the responsibility of the of the clerk who runs the election. Is sorry, is there enough? There, when the clerk runs the election, one of the issues I've had is. There's a couple of senior buildings, I'm just using this as an example, that in a federal or provincial election would have a voting poll in the building. But because they're not officially a senior's building, like I've heard of Lake Street building or the uh, Brooklawn Apartments or... Mm-hmm. There's various apartment buildings that cater to seniors. But on a municipal, uh, sorry, on a, on a provincial or federal election, there'd be a polling booth in that station. So the seniors, even, but me, me municipally, up until now, and I've been bugging the clerk to do it, is those seniors have been largely left out of the loop as far as uh, electioneer, as as far as voting goes, because they don't consider them a seniors bill because they're not government funded or they're not one of the of the the retirement homes or they've just an apartment building that caters to seniors. There's not, there's no programming there. So, which is where most seniors end up because they can't afford to be in a retirement home. And, you know, I've argued even last couple of times that especially with online voting, you would think it'd be easy for the clerk to go into the laptop and set up a voter booth and just let them vote. Like you could set up your own private, you could have a room, your own private area, the seniors line up and they go in and they vote, right? Yeah. So that's one of the issues that I've seen in town, which is heavy with seniors. Like there's a lot of seniors in, in town wards. So, and again, you know, town ward is unique in some ways because it has a lot of, of, this, of the students as well, which are, uh, again, are, 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 are confused sometimes because they may have their home address at wherever they're from, but now they're living in Peterborough and they don't realize that they can vote in Peterborough because this is where they're now living. So I think I think those are two groups that I think traditionally have a lower voter turnout and there's some reasons why that is. Great, well, yeah. th- thanks so much, Dean. Thanks yeah. for doing this and uh, best of luck in the campaign. Thank you very much.